Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group. Featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents, you'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, everybody. It's Matt Johnson. We're back with another episode of the Level Up Podcast. We've got Greg Harrelson here. We've got a great guest here. We're going to talk about how to take over 30 listings a month without a single outbound phone call. So that is going to be a very, very interesting to a lot of people in our audience. I know they're going to be psyched for this particular interview. So first of all, if you're watching this live with us on Facebook, we really appreciate it. Make sure that you put your questions for Greg and Jan right here in the comments below the video. And if you're watching uh, later on on YouTube or if you're listening on iTunes and Stitcher, you can still go back and shoot us comments and questions or go back to our Facebook page for the Level Up podcast, and we're happy to answer anything you want to know about how this is done. But we're going to go deep on this today. So first of all, let's welcome in Greg. Greg, how's it going today? Hey, doing good. I'm excited to be here with uh, a dear friend and partner, Jan. So uh, I think the uh, the audience is going to get just a, a ton. I think this is going to be one of those podcasts because Jan and I work intimately so close together in our office. This is going to be kind of an under the hood type of podcast, not just one of those interview types of deals. So I think this is going to be neat. Yeah, exactly. And that's, we'll be able to actually go deep on some of the stuff. And it's not just a fluffy kind of, Hey, you know, uh, how, how'd you get to be so successful and, uh, and just brush across the surface. Let, let's yeah. get into, uh, let's get into the, the nitty gritty on things. So first of all, Jan Pittman, Jan, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. So give us a, give us a little bit of background on just kind of, uh, who you are now. We'll get into kind of where you came from, but what, uh, what role do you serve right now in Greg's organization and how do you guys work together? Mm-hmm. So Greg and I are, are, um, partners in, Century 21 Barefoot Realty, which is a company that we acquired several years ago. And then I also work directly with Greg at Century 21, the Harrelson Group, as a listing agent on his team. Okay, perfect. So let's go into the uh, the background, how we, how you came to jump into kind of the, uh, the partnership arena. So where, where did you come from initially? How did you guys first meet? So I first met Greg at a seminar, a career seminar, 13 years ago. Uh, Believe it or not, I saw a little blip in the paper and uh, decided to attend it because I was a little interested in real estate. And once I met Greg and saw what he had to say, he was so diametrically opposite from anything I've ever seen before that I decided that I wanted to get into real estate and it was going to be with him. Very cool. So, Greg, what's what's uh, what's your recollection of that? If yeah. anything. <laughs> you know, I think my recollection was that she she may have uh, reached out to go to the seminar and maybe she actually was maybe hesitant of going. And then my dad was still working with me at that time. Mm-hmm. And he probably was hounding her. You're going to oh, yeah. show up. You're going to show up. You're mm-hmm. going to show up. And then she showed up. And, and the reality is, is a lot of people who know me, they know I'm a worker bee. And I think what you'll see is Jan and I are really cut from the same cloth in that standpoint mm-hmm. is we're both workers. And that was probably when she says that the, I was different, I was actually speaking a language that um, that she speaks also is that real estate is not just one of those things. You get a license, you automatically just money just flows in. It was uh, me painting a picture of you get a license and then you follow these strategies. And if you work hard and commit to it, then you will create a great opportunity for you. I think that's really the message that I was sharing and knowing Jan um, as well as we know each other, I, I can imagine that that message would resonate well because she's Jeff definitely not going to uh, fall for any get rich quick type of uh, uh, presentations. 
<laughs> not like not so much, Jen. <laughs> right? No, no, no. So that's where it started 13 years ago, and um, yeah. I I absolutely came into the office and and I believed in Greg and what he was doing. Really knew nothing about him because I was I had moved from Myrtle Beach from New York to Myrtle Beach. Knew nothing about Greg or the industry, so I didn't join Greg because of his reputation in the business. I joined him because I met him and believed he was very real and knew what he was doing. So I got into the business and I said to myself, obviously I'm a very competitive person and I, and I want to be successful at whatever I do. So I said, when this man says jump, I'm going to ask him how high. So I absolutely, for the first five years in business with Greg did, and I don't care what he told me to do. I did it. And at sometimes it was a little challenging for me because we did butt head heads many times, but I did respect him enough to listen to exactly what he said. And I did do it sometimes begrudgingly, but it certainly paid off for me. I quickly became a top producer um, probably after the first five years or so doing, you know, hundred plus deals a year and um, got into Greg, into some builder marketing with Greg because there were a lot of projects that had died in this area at that time. So we kind of formulated a plan to go in and help builders um, clean up their standing inventory and uh, tell them what they needed to do in order to get out of their community, you know, make some money and get out and move on with that. And then um, several years after that, Greg's dad, who I absolutely loved, he was a fantastic man, Ron Harrelson. He left, was leaving the business, and and um, uh. I I kind of uh, talked to Greg about the fact that he was going to have this void without his dad there, and I thought that we would make a really good fit listing property together because we had very similar styles, and um, so we started doing that, and and from that time on, it's just kind of history. We um, you know did some great listing business together, closed a lot of deals, and then just kind of I just kind of progressed into recruiting some agents because I really felt so strongly about our company and what we were doing. I believed that I needed to get the word out. So I, by mistake, started recruiting people and then ended up, you know, getting into it a little bit more seriously and then hoping, you know, helping with the coaching and training in the company and then kind of went from there to um, becoming partners with Greg and Barefoot Realty. Yeah. So that was a very, Matt, that was, a, and for those of you listen, that was a very, that was actually a very good, quick little summary of um, from agent to entrepreneur. But Jan, let's go back a little bit and like say, okay, what were some of the first things that you did and, and I told you to do or we talked about doing um, when it come in the beginning? Because I know you were a pro, you, you came in, I said prospect, you said okay, and you mm -hmm. took it on. But if I remember correctly, did you start working with buyers? I, yes, did I did. No, I did. So actually what happened was obviously we were all scripts. You know, we all we learned our scripts. I learned all my scripts and started cold calling every day, just cold call probably for the first three years in the business. I, I cold called just listed, just sold. And at that time, things were changing in the market and people would say, you know, heck, I'm not selling at this price. I'd say, OK, great. If you're not selling, how about buying and cost averaging out your, your investment here? You know, so I ended up getting more buyers by cold calling for just listed and just sold than I did sellers. So I kind of naturally fell into working with all of these buyers who wanted to, you know, buy property. And I, and I did that for quite a while. And, um, I think that the, my strength of course was that I was extremely disciplined. I did exactly what I was told. And I, I prospected for three hours, Monday through Friday. I always in the beginning worked two nights a week and every Saturday. So I did a lot of prospecting. I was at that time making 50 plus contacts a day. So let me, um, let me, I'm going to interrupt you a few times throughout today, Jan, and, and there's a reason because I can already tell where this podcast is going. There is going to be so many nuggets come out of this and the nuggets are going to come from what the audience, what you need to be observing right now is the relationship between coach and player. 
because I'm already remembering all these conversations that we had, Jan, that um, that kind of led us up to where we are. And I know the title of this podcast is the fact that, yes, we do have have been averaging 28, 30 listings a, um, a month consistently for quite a while. And we do that without calling expires and FISBOs and RITBOs and cold calling. We're really not making outbound call. But in order to get us there, 13 mm-hmm. years ago, we were at a different place. Correct. We weren't even in a partnership. We were just in a, Correct. you know, I'm an owner of a company and coaching you and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you, you, but, but the first nugget that I want everyone to make a note of is this. She was calling just solds, just listed and finding buyers. Now, most people would say, well, how do you prospect for buyers? Well, it wasn't that she was finding buyers. She was just calling just listed and just sold, and she was listening, digging deep into the conversations and mm-hmm. identifying opportunities where most people think that they're only going to find listing opportunities. She was listening for opportunities, and they showed up in place in, in, in the buyer side just as much on the listing side, and, and, and today people just don't recognize that. They don't mm-hmm. think that that can be done, but it was your listening that created mm-hmm. that. Now, you were making your 50 contacts, but we had a very important conversation that transitioned you from really focusing, because at that time you were doing a lot of buyers, mm-hmm. but then there was something that happened. We had a conversation and I think it went somewhat alike. You're not going to be a, you're not going to make money looking through a windshield meaning mm-hmm. you're spending too much time working with these buyers. And mm-hmm. then we, you made a transition. Again, I think this is a pivotal point, a very important part of our relationship. Do you remember that and what that was all about? I do, and I'd like to be frank about it because it was uh, it, it's still very vivid in my mind. Okay. So I was at that time, I think I, I had it was like my third or fourth year in business, and I was closing probably close to 80 transactions a year, and 60-something of them was buyers probably, you know, very mm-hmm. little listing. Um, and I, one day you walked up to me and at my station and you said to me, you are no longer working with buyers. You're a listing agent now. And you took every lead off of my desk and threw it in the trash. And it was like a heart stopping moment for me. I couldn't, I literally, it took my breath away. I was like, it was like my blankie. You just threw my blankie away. Like, what are you doing to me? These are my buyers, you know? And, and from that day on, we, I just took, I, I probably, I always do a, a few buyers every year just because I have you know, people that recommend me and they want to work with me. So I probably close about 15, 10 to 15 buyer deals a year, very, very easily. No, no work really involved. But um, for the most part, I'm, you know, 95% listing agent and I'm thankful every day for that. It was such why, a great, why, I, I remember that. Okay. And, you know, the audience is probably sitting here saying, Oh my God, I'd never be able to work with him if he could do mm-hmm. that to me. But mm-hmm. that's not a common strategy. Correct. But, but it was a necessary mm-hmm. strategy based on what you wanted to get out of your career. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and what was happening with you, like so many is they, they're working with buyers want to be on the listing side so they can have more freedom and more control over their time. And it's easier to scale the listing side. But when you're doing such a good buyer business and mm-hmm. you, and you say, Oh my God, I'll, I'll start listing tomorrow. I've got one more buyer. Well, I've got mm-hmm. five more buyers coming in in the next two weeks. Once I'm done with these, then I'll start doing this. And I think that conversation was going on and on and on where you're going to move in this direction when you're ready, but the ready always got uh, pushed back. The can always mm-hmm. got kicked down the road. And I think it got to a point where, you know, I said as a coach, we're going to, there's only one way to do this. And that is to absolutely cut it off 
right now. Um, because you were, you would sneak around and do mm-hmm. stuff, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just do it this way, but you would find yourself, well, here's an easy one. I'm just going to go after it. Is, is that how you kind of remember it? Cause that's kind of what I oh, believe. Yeah, I happened. mean, absolutely. I mean, and it was our relationship at the time too. I mean, we're both very frank people and, and you knew that if you didn't approach me in that way, I was always going to have that little security on the side. So, um, yeah. it was, you know, it was a necessary action for you to do in order for me to stop what I was doing it to get where I really wanted to go. So what happened to your listing business then? Okay, so now you're like, uh uh-oh, you're dropping some of these uh, the buyer deals, Mm -hmm. and you're not one that likes to go backwards on your numbers, even though I say sometimes it's okay to step backwards, to take two steps forward. You Mm -hmm. don't seem to ever like that. You want to always move forward. So I was threatening you at this point in the sense of you were being threatened with the prospect or the possibility Mm -hmm. that you were going to take a step backwards, but I don't think you really did. So how did you really make that transition and, and, and into like, I'm really going after listings and, and, and tell the audience what you started producing at that time. So I, at that time I started, you know, I was always, I had always been calling just listed, just sold. And I started calling expires at that time. So mm-hmm. that's when I, that's when I really took off. You know, I mean, I, I probably, the first month I probably took 25 listings. I mean, I'm, I'm all about failure is not an option. So I just said, if, if they can do it, I can do it. I mean, what's the big deal? So now that I've cut the cord with the buyers, I'm just going to be a listing agent and nobody's going to beat me. So that was my, you know, well, I, nobody can beat It's just not happening. You know, I just don't allow that. So I was <laughs> determined that I was going to, you know, beat everybody and I did. So it was good. Yeah. And yeah. I will say for you audience that, um, the people she really enjoys beating are really the men. So anytime mm-hmm. like the men step up and want to have a competition, mm-hmm. she's always the one that's like the most threatening, which people don't see it. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. but I think you're going to get really quick on this podcast that, uh, you know, who she is and why she, she ends up on the top most of the time. So mm-hmm. then you and I, you know, I started, um, making my own transition because at this mm-hmm. time I was still doing a little bit of more. Um, I was doing some listings at that time also. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say listings at that time, meaning I was still prospecting some lead sources to acquire listings at that time. So right. you were getting some listings. I was getting a li- some listings. And then you and I started kind of like creating our own little mini team within side of our big company, which we really run as a team in a, in, in a way we kind of created our own little mini team, but not to compete against any of the agents. Cause that's another thing people wonder, like how does Greg still and Jan do a little bit of business, um, but not really compete against the other agents, but we've done it because we've built databases. So now if we go backwards mm-hmm. to the time when you first started, one of the things that you did was you started collecting emails and getting all these emails as well as I was, and we built databases. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit on that and then maybe kind of share with, uh, with the audience now how we're actually creating so much business without making outbound calls? Right. So at that time, what you know, what what you talked about with us was never, ever get off the phone without getting an email because that's going to be valuable someday. Like at that time, databases were not a big thing at all you know to people you were starting to build them but nobody really knew what they're going to do with them you know so yes said all right well you told me to do it so i did it so i never hung up the phone without getting an email from from whatever client it was and whoever i was talking to and um certainly the projects that we worked on and all of that we collected all the emails from everybody that ever walked in the door so that was one thing that i trained everybody on was don't ever let anybody walk out of here without their you know their name phone number and email address and email is as important as anything else so we we started 
collecting lots and lots. I mean, I remember when we had competitions on how many emails we could get every day. So that was and that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, all of a sudden, the database is 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Now, what is it? 200,000? I don't even know. Yeah, you know, I mean, the I total database is well over right. 200. Of course, right. we didn't collect all those mm-hmm. emails, you and I, one-on-one, but no, no, you no, and I collected a, a, mm-hmm. a, a ton of emails. Mm-hmm. And and so there's another nugget right there. The, mm-hmm. And the nugget is not, hey, everybody, start collecting emails. No, the the nugget is... Jan and I had a conversation of, hey, let's collect the data on these people, document mm-hmm. it. I don't even know what the heck we're going to be able to do with it. We'll figure that time. We'll figure that out sometime in the future. And then mm-hmm. that's when we got into Infusionsoft and started writing campaigns. But mm-hmm. at the time we first started collecting, it was like, hey, let's get this information because mm-hmm. we may be able to leverage it later on down the road. And it was really simple. All we had to do is when we're talking to somebody and they said, no, I don't want to sell. All we had to say, hey, no problem. You know, uh, you may not know, Jan, but a lot of your neighbors have requested that I keep them up to date as to what's going on in the real estate market. Um, you know, at least in the neighborhood, what's your best email? I'll make sure you get the same information. And I mean, how much resistance did you have in them giving the email? Sometimes we had a lot of resistance to it. In the beginning, it was nobody wanted to give it out because everybody was getting so much junk email. But it was it's all everything's in the presentation. Right. So when you present it properly, they give it over. They give you everything you want. So we never I really never had a challenge getting an email. I still I, you know, it's it's very easy for me to do that. So yeah. I got that. And, and um, the great part about it was in the beginning, I identified that I'd, I'd get, you know, say 50 emails in a week and then I would. Just say, gee, I'm sitting here on a Sunday. I'm going to email 10 people and see, you know, that I've talked to in the past and see, you know, what if, if they're looking to do anything right now. And I just shoot them off a quick email and, and I started getting business doing that, just emailing people by myself. And then of course we grew to being, you know, have all these databases and Infusionsoft and all those other things. But, um, I learned pretty quickly after Greg had me do it that uh, it was definitely going to have some worth to me because I didn't have to then call people. It was a lot of, at, at that time I would, you know, obviously not cut down on my prospecting time, but I was, I was, you know, adding to my listings just by sending, you know, shooting off quick emails and things to people I had talked to in the past. Yeah. So how many, how many leads or how many listings will you take this month? Um, this month I'll probably take 22 listings. 22. And then maybe I'll make up the, the rest and, mm-hmm. and, and we'll get somewhere in that 28, 30, that mm-hmm. range. So how many expired calls will you make? None. How many four sub owner calls will you make? None. Ugh. None. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of work. <laughs> um, okay. Cold calls. How many cold calls will you make? None. Okay. So you're going to take 22 listens. You're not going to do expires. And and listen, Mm -hmm. this conversation has nothing to do with the audience saying, hey, I don't need to call expires and FISBOs. Let me tell you something. You do need to call expires and FISBOs. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. You need to be a calling fiend. But this conversation is about from agent to entrepreneur. So in Mm -hmm. order for her to transition from agent to entrepreneur, and not take a step backwards in, in income, she had to figure out, we had to figure out, how do we create a scenario where instead of calculating how many outbound contacts we make, how about let's figure out the systems to, to generate X amount of inbound calls? 
Instead of saying, I need 30 people, I need to make 30 outbound contacts a day, what if I got seven inbound calls today? Seven inbound calls today would convert at way better than 30 outbound contacts today. So that, that's the game we started playing is how do we actually start setting up the systems where people are calling us? Now, Nugget is she and I built the database. We then nurtured the database. We sent them emails, not about salesy stuff. We sent them emails that was informative. Mm-hmm. We then created almost a brand, or at least we created an identity within that database as being the authority for all things real estate in their community or in the market. So over time, they may be receiving emails from us for five years, seven years, eight years, not ever thinking about doing anything. And then randomly, somebody just emails and says, Jan, I'm thinking about selling. Can you help me? I've been getting your emails for the last five years. And here they'll say this all the time. I don't even know how you got my email address Mm because they don't remember the conversation five years ago. Mm-hmm. They just know that we've been so darn consistent about having them set up on a drip. We added value to their lives by educating them on the market, and now they're calling her, and she'll take 22 listings this month without actually having to call all these other people. Now, with that being said, Jan, I, I, I will say, okay, Jan and I did not design this for Jan to not have to work and just make life easy where she's now doesn't have to make all these outbound calls to get these listings. We created this system so she could then leverage technology to maintain the level of business that she's at. So then she can now play a different game, which is the entrepreneur game. So let's talk a little bit more about what we're doing together in building a company. Like where, you know, right now, how many agents are at the barefoot office? So right now we have 34 agents at the barefoot office. Wow. How, how many was it like, Three months ago. Oh, gosh, it was 20, some 20, maybe. Okay, so, okay, so got it. So you're some good recruiting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jan doesn't like to lose. Mm -hmm. So, um, so she's playing again. That's a, that's a very good, uh, a growth in, in a, in a short Mm -hmm. period of time. Um, Mm -hmm. and so again, you are my partner, so the audience knows Mm -hmm. that. Um, and what does your day look like now? Because you got some listings going on here. You've got, you're trying to build a company. What does your Mm -hmm. day look like as an entrepreneur? So right now, I typically am on the phones, uh, albeit at either office, whether it's Harrelson or Barefoot, um, at by about quarter to eight, and I'm on the phones by eight o'clock. And typically, I'll I'll be either returning calls or making some calls to my database um, between eight and ten o'clock. And then once ten o'clock is over, I go into my office and I start doing some things I need to do with recruiting and things like that. But of course, in that time, I do there are you know, agents around me that are, you know, asking me questions and I'm just helping them coach through, coach them through the challenges that they might be having on the phones and things like that. So typically, um, you know, on the phones myself and then also um, coaching them through some challenges that they're having, maybe while they're on the phones or some questions that they need answered. And then um, 10 o'clock or so, I go into my office and start making some recruiting calls and talking to people about, you know, joining our company and so forth. And then um, 11 o'clock, probably um, three days a week in barefoot, I, kind of have everybody out in the prospecting room. We kind of talk about what they're doing and, and, um, and any challenges they might be having and things like that. So just really want to be there to support them and see, I mean, our goal always is to get agents up and running very, very quickly and, um, and, you know, becoming to let them become as successful as they can be. And that's the joy in the business really. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll point out another nugget and I'm sorry, um, audience, if you're getting tired of me saying that, but I'm, I'm listening. And I'm like, Hey, look, this is something we need to understand here. Um, so what Jan, what I heard Jan say, everyone probably hears, you know, these podcasts, you know, differently. But what I heard Jan say is like, Hey, look, I'm, I'm transitioning to now maintaining my, my, um, income and listings, generating listings, but I'm doing it more through generating them through database. She did mm-hmm. say, I do make some calls to my database. So she didn't not cold calls and whatnot, but she's calling and keeping that database, keeping that database engaged. But. When you're making those calls, this is the mm-hmm. point that I wanted to, to make. This is a great way of transitioning from agent to entrepreneur. When you're making those calls, there's other people listening to you make calls, and those are agents that you've cre- recruited, correct? Correct. Okay. So do you see that, audience, that that is a way that she is able to demonstrate through example of what these agents should be doing And so she's showing them, not telling them, and then she's giving them an opportunity to do it by her. So while she's making calls, they're listening. When she's taking calls and and whatnot, they're listening. And when she's doing her busy work, she's in the room with them and she's listening to them. So it's a fantastic way to kind of double dip. You're actually in You're doing an activity that generates income at the same time. You're leveraging yourself by having others listen to you. Therefore, they're getting trained, which is now going to generate more income for the company, which she is a part owner of. She's actually making two different revenue streams out of the same minute. That's what I call entrepreneur. Thoughts on that? Matt, what about you? You're, I know you're a thinker. You're just like, okay, let me, let, let's dig under this thing. Go ahead, Matt. I know you got something oh, to say. Man. Well, you sent, you sent my head reeling for a second because I was already going down the trail of, of thinking about how to apply this to my, to my own business. So <laughs> that, that is, that is fantastic. And that is exactly, that's one of my goals. And, and maybe not articulated that way, but when you look at like the highest leverage way that you can spend your time, that is a great way to put it. You can, you can look in terms of like the effectiveness or the productivity for the time that you invest, but much, a lot of times that comes down to like squeezing that extra 20% of productivity out of something. So I was thinking just yes. in terms of the last couple of weeks about, <clears throat> yeah, like using the 80 20 rule and, and jumping from, Rather than trying to squeeze the last 20% of productivity or effectiveness out of a particular strategy, either adding something or, or like you mentioned, like doing something where the same minutes serve two different purposes. Yes. Do you take the vital few, the 20% of activities that you can do to produce results in one area? Dude, if you can find it in this, the, the same thing, serves the same purpose for another area, and you can figure out how to, how to generate money off of something else, then that time becomes, what, five, ten times more effective, not because you squeeze that little extra juice of productivity out of it, but because you found a way to make the jump and add something else that's a vital few for some other revenue stream and do do the exact same thing. Jeff uh, Jeff Cohen's a great example of that. So doing, you know, like running his real estate team, but then monetizing that by inviting people in for a workshop where just the act of him going about his business and running the team becomes a saleable asset, right? So yeah, I love that. I love that mentality of looking for ways to develop multiple income streams off of the same minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's leading by example. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're talking about leadership and people say, well, Greg, you know, uh, and, and they say this to Jan and I know you get this, Jan. Um, 
you, you know, sometimes it's it, it's impressive to see how people will respond to the coaching. Jen's an exact example of she says that, you know, she came into this early on and was just OK with doing whatever the coach said. But what made it be, instead of me uh, making an assumption as to why you were that way, Jan, what was it about the leadership that you were exposed to that made you comfortable with actually following? what you are being told because I mean, not everybody's going to do that. Even if you're coachable, that doesn't mean that you follow the coach because sometimes you don't like what the coach stands for or whatnot. But what, what was it about what we were doing here at the office that made you trust that if you did this, you were going to get something better. Can Mm -hmm. you share that? Sure. So when I, when I met you, you were so real at that seminar, you know, that I felt like, I really wanted to get to know you better and see exactly what you did. And then, of course, I shadowed in our office for probably a month while I was going to school. I didn't have my license, so I was shadowing, you know, while when I could before I started school. And I just, you know, observed the environment and, and how it was a real, I think that the pay it for it mentality, like everybody wanted to help all the time because they felt that they started with you. Everybody started from nothing. Every, pretty much you created this company from zero, right? Like n- anybody you were in the business with started from zero for the most part. And when you started recruiting agents initially, you only recruited new people because you didn't want to deal with the, you know, different things that happened once they got into the business and they, you know, maybe had some bad habits or whatever. So you loved taking somebody like me who knew nothing about real estate. I didn't even know Myrtle Beach. And just bringing me from somebody who had just literally moved to the town and, and knew nothing about the area or the, or the you know real estate industry, and just create you know help that person really um, become you know a top producing agent. But I think that the thing that I was so impressed with was you were always it was always like you said success is measured by the amount of people that you help. So it was never about I never it was never about the commission check. So I never felt like it was dirty. I never I always felt like it was a an environment of people wanting to help, truly wanting to help people. And I think that a lot of our success stems from that, that people believe that we really want to help them outside of the fact that we're extremely knowledgeable. They truly believe that we want to help them. And I think that I, I really felt that I trusted you a hundred percent, even though we could butt heads, you know, at times <laughs> or whatever, you know, because it's, you know, strong personalities, it's going to happen, but you, you, I just trusted you a hundred percent. And I saw the result of what you had been doing because I saw you know, people in our companies that were, you know, that had come from nowhere and were doing 100 plus transactions a year. And I said, you know, obviously this work, it works. If it, if, and, and I'm smart enough to know, I've been in business before, I'm smart enough to know that if you have these systems in place that are so fantastic and they work, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot, I also had a lot of blind faith. You know, I just believed yeah. that you were doing, you know, you were just, the, the environment you created was one I wanted to be around. And I just wanted to do everything that I was told because it felt right. Yeah, I th- I think if you know I was going to just add to that for somebody that's thinking about maybe building a team or expanding uh, you know their 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 business, you know one of the best ways to develop talent and and get the most out of people is be by being an example of how to get the most out of yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what I really probably focused on, um, you know, is, is, is with, with you as well as, you know, Brendan and a few others or just the company in general is like, you know, it was, it was, I didn't think that I thought it was much harder to get people to follow my lead if I was just actually telling them what they should do and why they should do it versus showing them and versus being an example of how mm-hmm. to get to the top. And, mm-hmm. and being that example. So for those of you I, that I see, you know, that are doing expansion, hey, stay in the grind 
be an example so those people can follow you. And that's where you're going to develop the talent and get the highest success. If you guys keep listening to some of these podcasts, you got Jan. She says, I didn't even have a license. You have Brendan Payne a few podcasts ago. I didn't even have a license. These are people that are doing tremendous amount of volume and are now into ownership and creating, uh, you know, multiple revenue streams for themselves. You see the theme? Here is that these are people that actually started from scratch, learned it the right way, and built their business. Now, Jan, you know you're, we're we're bringing in agents, and you're bringing in agents to the mm-hmm. the barefoot office. As I told you some things, you know, early on in your career that you got to do this, you got to do that. Mm-hmm. What are you telling people now? Like a new agent's coming in, and you want, and, and you have your own dream of like, I'm going to develop this person mm-hmm. into the next hundred deal producer because you know right. we love that, right? We love right. to just mm-hmm. like, just know that we we played a part of somebody who didn't have a license, and we help right. you know uh, transform their lives and help them build crazy things. What mm-hmm. are you telling new people coming in that you have to do this and this and this and this? What are your what's your spill? What are you telling people? I mean, you know, it's a little bit different for me right now. I think that I've come to the realization and, and accepted the fact that not everybody wants to do 100 plus deals a year, and yeah, that's okay. So my, you know, that's and that's something that took took myself and Brendan, you know, quite a while to get over because I think everybody should want to do 100 deals a year. Why not? Why would you get up for anything less? You know, but you know, obviously there are people in this world that are very happy to do 10, 20, 30 deals a year. 10, you know, 10 is good for somebody who's retired with a little income and just wants to you know, make a little extra money to do a few things or whatever. So I had to come to the realization that these, not everybody wants to do what I do. So I, I talked to the people obviously initially about what it is that they want to do. What are their goals? What are they going to be happy with? And once I determine what they're going to be happy with after, after our conversation, I just, you know, I, I always talk about, you know, we have our morning ritual where we work from eight to 11. Well, it doesn't matter what your ritual is. It's just got to be there. So you have to Mm -hmm. commit to some kind of schedule. Just, you know, if you want to do 10 deals or 15 deals or 20 deals or 100 deals, we can help you get there. You just have to follow some kind of a schedule. It can't be haphazard, random. You know, I'm going to come in today at this time, this time I'm going to stay home. Maybe I'll make one call. There has to be some kind of goal setting and schedule, regardless of what your what your actual goals are. So I'm very, you know, I, I talk to them a lot about scheduling and things like that. And then, you know, Obviously, you know, you always dig for motivation and everything, but if they want to do 10 deals, that's perfectly fine. And if they want to stay home and do it, that's perfectly fine. Maybe there's a mom out there that has children and wants to stay home and, and just make a little extra income. So whatever, I just tell them whatever, you know, if you want to do 10 deals or 200 deals, we will help you get there. You just need to tell me what that number is. And then, then we're going to show you the way. And all I ask is that when we, when we tell you how to get there, that you commit to the process of getting there, you know, whatever that is, whatever the program is, whatever we devise together to, you know, for you to get to that point that you actually commit to doing it because so I could, it, we can, <coughs> if you had somebody right now that was mm-hmm. doing 10 deals and they said, Jan, I've mm-hmm. got to get to 50 deals mm-hmm. and I'm willing to do whatever you say. Mm-hmm. What I do you tell them? them? Yeah, so I, I know them, you do. Okay, so then, so then now, now, no, no, that's now a whole different ballgame. There, <laughs> it's a different. Now it's it's you know uh, you know how committed are you? I mean, are you is this are you telling me a story? I'm committed. I'm doing ten deals. I've got to do fifty deals. My whole life depends on it. I'll do mm-hmm. anything you say. What do you want me to do, Jan? Okay, let's. We're going to sit down and make a schedule, and you're going to go by this schedule, and we're going to hold you accountable to that schedule. 
So at, you know, here we go, seven, you know, 745. What are you you're going to be in the office at 745? You're going to get on the phones. You're going to start calling for three hours. You're not going to talk to anybody about anything. You are going to stand there talking to people. The only thing you're allowed to do is go, you know, make a potty break once in a while, but that's got to be like two seconds, not, not an hour. There's no smoke breaks here that they don't exist, you know? So you're going to be on the phones for three hours making your contact. You're going to make a minimum of 40 contacts in the three hours and you commit to, you know, the rest of the schedule. So we'll make a whole schedule for the afternoon. And then they're going to have to commit to a couple nights a week, a Saturday, whatever to, to get where they want to go. And if I see the, I mean, and we're going to make a 30 day plan. So for me, it's like you want to have short term goals for somebody who's making such a big transition, right? You don't want to, you know, like let's not do a, a 12 month business plan. Let's, let's start out for the 30 days. At the end of the 30 days, we're going to check in and see exactly how you do it in 30 days and see what we need to adjust in order to get you to that goal. So we're going to do the, you know, probably meet once a month in that time just to make sure that, you know, obviously we hand our numbers in, they're going to hand their numbers in, we're going to track them. At the end of the month, we're going to know exactly what they've done, how they've lived up to their commitments, and then we're going to go from there. So at the end of that 30 days, I'm going to, you know, talk to them and, and see exactly what they've done. And if they haven't lived up to what they said they're going to do, then we have a, a meeting about, you know, so you truly don't want to do 50 deals this year, because if you did, you would have done what you were told. So, you know, it just goes on and on like that. So, so basically the first thing for those listening, the first thing that you defaulted to is mm-hmm. if you want more business, then you've got to wrap up your, your outbound generation Context. activities. That's mm-hmm. the first place you went. Number one, you said got to have a ritual. We got to get consistent. Ritual is consistency. Right. Prospect from eight, uh, from eight to 11, 40 contacts. That ri- mm-hmm. That's a ritual. That's consistency and it's a, uh, a, a major increase in lead generation activity. Then you'll have mm-hmm. your things that you have to do, some follow up and whatnot and appointments that you have during the afternoon. But if you want to have sudden growth from 10 to 50, then you've got to come back in. You got to make night calls, which is increasing the generation activity again. But what happens when you call five days a, um, five days a week from eight to 11, you call a list multiple times and you find out there's some persons, there's some people on that list. You call four days in a row, three days in a row, and they're never there at 10. Guess what? They won't be there on day five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 at 10 o'clock. So that's why she's saying you got to come back in and call at night. So she, you can actually start hitting the people that aren't reachable during the day. And now you're going to add another 10 or 15 contacts, you know, um, of night calling. And then there's going to be that smaller list that just you'll never be able to reach during the day or night on the weekdays. So you come in and you maybe make those calls on a Saturday. Again, increasing the level of activity that you're engaging in, in the area of lead generation. And you do that for 30 days. It's almost like 30 days of pain, right? It's like you go and do this 30 days in and let's reevaluate this thing. If you want to have a quantum leap in your business, you have to have a quantum leap in your income generating activities. And then you do it for 30 days. You reevaluate and you set a new plan based on the numbers, the tracking and how well you're doing. That's what I heard you say. So that's I hope hopefully that's very helpful for those that are looking for a breakthrough. But if you notice, Nugget, that was very simple. It just requires you to show up. And when you show up, you blow up. Right, Jan? I mean, I tell people all the time that real estate's the easiest business I've ever been in. You just have to commit to a process, you know, and do it. So how how many businesses are there in this world where you have total control over what you make? Not many. Right. But you do in real estate. It's all about so what, what you put into what, it. What is the challenge with that? 
So, okay, that's the, that's the pro of our industry. But mm-hmm. what's the con of like being in business where you control everything like that? <laughs> what's the con? Yeah, because the well, pro is well, it's kind of like, you know, like we always say in the office, it's like mm-hmm. freedom doesn't is not granted when you get a license. It's mm-hmm. after you get a license, freedom is earned based Correct. on the activities that you actually engage mm-hmm. in. You eventually earn freedom like what you and I are talking about. And right. when you said that this is the greatest business, what other business can you get in that where you have so much control of what you make? I kind of look at that as freedom. But on the flip side, we have all that control but so few people are actually taking advantage of it. Why? They don't want to work. They don't want to commit to working like that. And it's funny because it's such an, it's not hard work at all. There's nothing hard about standing at your station and making a phone call. How hard is that? It's not going outside and unloading 50 trucks. You know, it's, it's simple to me. So I think that it's really that, that they, the hardest part of it, the con is that you have to commit to, to this process and actually show up. You have to you have to punch in and punch out. You have to treat it like a job. People get into real estate and they they just think that they should be able to, you know, I'm going to get into real estate and sell a lot of houses. Well, no, you're not. You know, you just you it's not going to happen unless you focus on some kind of process and you you commit come to work. You commit to coming to work and working while you're at work and then punching out and going home. I mean, it's got to be it it has to be a job. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge because they get into it because they want to be flexible. Right. They want everybody wants to be flexible. But the reason they get get out of it, and that's exactly what you said at your first seminar, is people get into real estate because they want to be flexible. The reason they all leave real estate is because they're too flexible. And that's what it is. Easiest job in the world, but you're your own boss. So that's the challenge right there. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that that outline um, of those seminars that I used to do early on, new career seminars. And I, I remember saying that. I haven't thought about that in a while. But, yes, the one of the reasons why people get in to the business, there's three reasons why people get into the business. They want complete flexibility and freedom of their schedule. They want to actually be their own boss, and they want unlimited income. But it's interesting. It's like nobody seems to get unlimited income. They're not qualified to be their own boss. And the fact that they actually have so much freedom and, and flexibility in their schedule, they actually never to work. It's like mm-hmm. the three reasons why people get into the business are the three very reasons why people fail out of the business so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's interesting. Yeah. Woo. It's I fun am, though. I am worn out, Jan. I, I <laughs> you know, man, Jan, Jan, Jan's been calling me the last couple of days because this is how Jan is. Hey, should we meet on talking about what we're going to talk about? Nah. Well, can we meet tomorrow and talk about what we're going to talk about? Okay. But I never do that with anybody else. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just knew 100% because of our relationship that whatever we, we shared would be authentic. And mm-hmm. hopefully it's, um, and, and it, it's well received and people can listen and, and, and take out some nuggets. So thank you so much, Dan. That was fantastic. It was awesome. <laughs> So, Jan, how, how do people connect with you, especially if they're in the area and are thinking about joining Century 21 Barefoot? Mm-hmm. So they can um, call my cell at 843-424-2545 or email me at c21janpittman at gmail.com. Perfect. And then I know what you're going to say, Greg, but re- remind everybody again how they can connect with you. Yeah, reach out to me, Greg Harrelson at gmail.com. I, I welcome any questions that you have, and I'll definitely answer them and um, and give you my best bit of advice if you if you uh, if you want to take it. 
Perfect. All right, guys, make sure to uh, subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher, depending on whether you want the video or audio versions and what device that you have. Uh, you can also go and get uh, Greg's free training video on how to get started in marketing automation so you know exactly who to call and why, which is kind of the start of that transition that you mentioned. So if you want to go on that same journey that Greg and Jan went to, to shift from uh, doing all the outbound and you know transitioning over to where you can generate those inbound calls, like that is the process. So go to the Level Up Podcast dot com slash free and you can just pop your email in and get instant access to that video where we go into the basics of what that system looks like for you guys which what which is what led to that whole transition to where you guys are at now which is really like that is the dream and most people want those like you said greg five six seven calls a day of hey you know i'd like you to come out to my property and and talk to me about listing my home but it's earned and that's the uh, that's the, the process that they have to go to. So just wanted to encourage people to uh, to go check that out. And guys, we've got a lot of great guests coming up. So be sure to uh, tune into the show. Make sure to like the page here on Facebook so you uh, get the notifications when we go live and do the show live here on Facebook. And with that said, guys, Greg, Jan, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you.